A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science, with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Vanessa, you've been learning a lot of German over the last few years. Yeah, I know all of the colors that are necessary to know to play Uno. You might also know Schadenfreude. Which I know from Avenue Q. One of the best words, Weltschmerz, which is a feeling of melancholy and world weariness. And my new favorite word, Konkurrenzneit, which is professional jealousy. I actually spoke to our German expert, and what he says it means is that you are jealous of the person you're competing with, but you also desire to keep competing with them. And that's the topic that we're exploring on The Real Question today with our special guest, Dana Schwartz. What do I do with my professional jealousy? I'm Kasper Terkail. And I'm Vanessa Zoltan. And this is The Real Question. Yeah, it is. Today, we are lucky enough to be joined by the hilarious and brilliant and rigorous Dana Schwartz. Dana Schwartz is a writer of books, comics, and television. She's the author of four books, including the newly released and fantastic Anatomy, a Love Story, which just got picked as Reese Witherspoon's YA book of the winter. She is also the host of the number one charting podcast, Noble Blood. She's also... I won't say most importantly, but most excitedly to me, co-leading our Frankenstein pilgrimage with me, which is running in April. Dana, just thank you so much for joining us. I'm blushing. Thank you so much for that (laughs) intro. You're a delight as always. And I just have to say, I have been reading the 1818 text of Frankenstein, which is the first one that she published. I hadn't realized that like they were different texts. Yeah. So I've been deep in that. I'm so excited. I'm like not going to talk about Frankenstein on this also, but I will just tell you, I am so excited to like dive into the world of Frankenstein. It is going to be nerdy. Oh, yeah. It's going to be like every worst impulse I have. Me too. I feel like I'm going to be doing a, well, actually, we're not 100% sure that she lost her virginity on this exact location, but she would want us to think that she did. Like, that's going to be my voice a lot of the trip. Yeah, and it's a lot of uh, 
Isn't myth pretty powerful? <laughs> <laughs> well, then there may be a couple of spots left on that pilgrimage by the time this comes out. So if there is, go to readingandwalkingwith.com and book your spot to join Vanessa and Dana on that trip. But today, Dana, we're talking about a question that you've been pondering. Can you tell us what it is and what led you to ask it with us? Yes. So this is it's not my best self. It's not like the version of myself that I'm most proud of. Yeah. So I just want that disclaimer up front. Like this isn't a thing that I'm proud of in myself, <laughs> but that's why I'm asking it because I want to try to work on bettering myself. Mm. I have a real problem with professional jealousy. I think culturally that there's a problem with like people thinking there's only one one spot at the table for a woman at any given time. Like and I think that there's also been this like thing for me where like coming up as like a young writer, it always felt like at any given moment, there was just like one other hot young writer. And there was only ever room in the conversation for one. But I will say I'm someone who is incredibly professionally jealous. Like when there's like a really cool book that's getting a lot of attention or a podcast that's getting a lot of attention I don't think I like have unhealthy coping mechanisms, but I definitely like have to like mute that person on Twitter. I'm just like, I cannot look at your adorable, successful face right now. There, <laughs> I have like not read books because I'm like, this is going to be too good and it's going to make me mad. And I will say there have been moments where I have been professionally jealous of like a, another writer. And then I reach out to them and like, force them into friendship as a way to like defer it and then find out that they're like wonderfully supportive, beautiful people who are like kind and funny and nice. So it's something that like I've tried to like figure out and reckon with. But my question is, how do I deal with professional jealousy in the healthiest way possible? I love that you're bringing this question, Dana. It's one that we've heard from other listeners about as well. And it's definitely one that Vanessa and I both recognize. So you're in safe company. Let me say that first of all. And I, I so recognize that it's like something within ourselves that like we don't love, but it's there. So what can we do about yeah, it? Yeah, we can't help it. Exactly. Exactly. My first question is maybe really obvious, which is like, why, why do you want to change it? What's wrong with it just being there? I think there's a lot of internalized sexism in the way that a lot of my jealousy is directed only towards women. Like it's this cultural view that there is only like room for one woman at the table. And that's something that I don't want to reinforce even subconsciously. I don't think it's healthy that like that I won't read a good book because I wish I had written it. Like I think it comes from a place of insecurity on my part. And I I kind of know like, oh, if I was full and confident in my own stuff, I wouldn't have that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It sounds to me like it's maybe about two things that it's yeah. in part about, like, I know I work really hard and that that's enough, right? Like I, I work hard enough and I'm successful enough that some of this feeling would go away. But also part of this is a structural problem that the world is demonstrating to you that still to some extent, only one woman is allowed at the table. And so you are responding to an actual reality that is projected back to you in the world. I will also say, I think it's like, I don't think I work hard enough. I never think I work hard enough. I always think I'm lazy yeah. and spending too much time on Twitter and anything I actually accomplish is, it's not as good as it should be. You know, I'll like write a book and be like, wow, instead of being like, wow, I wrote a book. That was great. I'm like, this book isn't as good as it could have been. This is what I could have changed. This is what I could have done better. And like, yeah. I'm 
a lazy bad writer that I didn't do those things. Oh no, this has become therapy. I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, I I mean that resonates with me so yeah. much. Are you someone who also has the sort of like double sight to see that you're not actually a lazy person? This is me just fishing for compliments. I did this whole thing, just trying to get people to say nice things about me. Well, I'll say them. So the things that I know you did was you have at least two more book deals in the making, right? Yeah. You just released a book. You're in a writer's room on a TV show. Yeah. And you're releasing one of the most successful podcasts in the world on a semi-weekly basis. <laughs> is there a version of yourself that you're like, that would be the version of me that worked hard enough? Yeah. If like, or does that person just not exist? No, she does. Can I describe, can I paint a picture oh, yeah. for you? Describe her. Right. Yes. She wakes up at six in the morning, mm. refreshed, didn't even set an alarm. <laughs> Whoa. She goes on a, a quick restorative jog. She doesn't check her phone. Does some like light, just like half an hour of like light Pilates yoga, not even to work out, just like to, to center herself and feel good. Mm. To feel good. Makes the coffee while she takes a shower, drinks coffee and reads a novel. Yes. And then without even checking the internet, <gasps> writes from like, it's still only like nine o'clock, writes from like nine to noon, then like checks her emails and the internet for an hour while she eats lunch yeah. and then spends the afternoon from like one to four doing like edits. Beautiful. And then household chores, cooks a healthy dinner, mm. goes to a farmer's market, <laughs> then like watches a movie in fully engaged, not with her phone out, with her fiance, yeah. like quality time, reads a book, takes a bath, goes to bed. She's great. Oh she God. works so hard. Who's she? How do I be her? She works so hard. Dana, just going back to your question, I'm noticing that there's something in it, which is about, it sounds like the closer the person is to you, right? If they're a woman, if they're young, if they're a writer, like the more intense this feeling gets. And, and I'm curious if you can remember the first time you felt this feeling and like how it's tracked over time. It's definitely, yeah, people who are similar to myself. Like sometimes people who went to the same college or a similar like type of, you know, East Coast school, people who like work in media, people like young women who remind me of myself writing books. Yeah. Because I think probably what it is, is I imagine that their life is like that first Dana that I imagined that mm. I described. Right. Mm. Right. They don't even turn their phones on till noon. I know. They don't need the recipe. They just have like 20 great little simple meals that just a few ingredients, and it's a beautiful dinner for four. They meal prep already, like the kale's already washed and dried <laughs> in their fridge. So how would it make you feel if I told you that this is you? You're very young. You're 29, but this is you, and this is how it's going to be. This is who you are, and who you are is wonderful. Can't I become that other one, that other Dana? Well, let's pretend for a second that I am some sort of fairy godmother that's like, nope, this is you. How does that make you feel? Are you like resigned? Are you mad? Are you like, fuck you? I'm just like disappointed in myself. I'm like, oh, why can't I be better? <laughs> why better? What would you gain from being better? Is it one more book a year? Is it sleeping more? Is it more money? Is it more fame? Is it just more self-conscious? No. Why? I don't, and I don't want anyone to think like I don't need any of those things. 
I just want to be like proud of myself. I want to think that I'm doing a good job. Mm. Yeah. That's powerful. Luckily, Dana, you don't have to figure this out for yourself. You've brought two texts with you that we're going to we're going to read. We're going to pay real close attention to and see if they have something to teach us. And in that question of, you know, what do I do with my professional jealousy? I really want to pay attention to what you just said, which is how can I feel proud of myself? Because I think you've pointed us to the way in which that fullness feeling that would mean we don't have that look at someone else that has to put them down or like make us feel smaller than like, I really want to pay attention in these texts where, where we can see that, that sense of pride. And the first text, you know, I think we might find something. Will you tell us about the, the song that you've chosen for us to read closely? Yes, of course. I've chosen the seminal text, I would argue, (laughs) by Nick Jonas during his brief solo career entitled, fittingly enough, Jealous. It features the lyrics, you're too sexy, beautiful. Everybody wants a taste. That's why I still get so jealous. You're too, you're too, you're too sexy, sexy, beautiful. beautiful. Everybody yeah. wants a taste. That's why I still get jealous. So why did you why did you choose this text? How does this song help us explore the question? I think it's a rich text, <laughs> both on the part of the character of Nick Jonas uh, as the narrator yeah. and also on the part of the nameless woman of whom he's jealous this is a different type of mm. jealousy. This is sexual romantic jealousy. But I think the reason I picked it as a text to explore my own jealousy is he is so shameless about his jealousy. Huh. He's saying it's not just he gets jealous and he wants to change that and he recognizes that that's a negative thing about himself. He is justifying his jealousy. You're too sexy, beautiful, and everyone wants a bite. That's why I still get jealous. And then he also says, at one point, I believe, it's my right to be hellish. I still get jealous. It's his right to be hellish. So I think the reason I chose this as a text was because of how uh, unapologetic it is. And there is something liberating, like what he's doing, of just being completely transparent, right? So much anxiety comes from trying to figure out, like, why is this person not talking to me? Is it because A, B, C, D? And he's like, no, I'm mad because I'm jealous or, or whatever whatever the feeling is that he's feeling, like he's giving us the answer. And there's something, you know, you can't tame it without naming it, right? Like that idea of just, just completely owning the feeling. When you do that for yourself, when you're like, huh, I'm jealous right now. Like what happens for you? Does it feel good? Does it make you feel icky? Like what, what happens when you name it that explicitly? I feel better. Because I can try to then be like, what am I jealous of? And then how do I get that for myself if I want it? I would never want to say it's my right to be hellish, though, because I I don't think being jealous ever gives you an excuse to do any bad behavior. Like when I'm jealous, the closest to hellish I get is I'll like mute them on Twitter. But Dana, I just want to draw us back to this other thing that you said, which was that it makes you want to be better. Mm. And I'm just wondering if this better that you have in your head is an unrealistic and like toxic expectation for you to have for yourself. Is there someone out there like that? Or is that like a shadow Dana who you've created, who you can constantly compare yourself to in order to just find yourself wanting? I think it's a shadow Dana. It's not. I don't think anyone lives like that. Dana, is it possible that this question isn't about you being jealous, but is actually about you being okay 
with the kind of person and worker who you are? Oh, I mean, that sounds... That sounds great. That sounds like it's going to be hard. Well, that's Why? harder. I have to learn how to be okay with myself, Vanessa. That sounds like so much work. <laughs> and that these people who you're jealous of are just people who are, ge- are getting in the way of you doing that. Mm. It's like, yeah, I used to run half marathons and the people in the seven minute mile group, right? Like I didn't, I didn't feel jealous of them because I was like, I have no desire to be like you. I have no chance of being like you. You and I are not doing the same race. But the people in the 10-mile group who were like 30 seconds a minute faster than I was, right? Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, I want to beat you. Until I injured myself. And I was like, actually, pushing myself to be like them is going to literally harm me, right? Like, I have to just be who I am on this. And I'm a a 10-and-a-half-minute girl, and that's who I am. It wasn't easy. I hate the seven-minute mile people. I kind of hate the 10-minute mile people. But there was this point where I was like, I'm literally going to hurt myself Mm. if I don't embrace that I'm a a 10-and-a-half-minute mile person. I think part of my jealousy is like, like I don't think I'm a very patient, disciplined person. And I worry that that affects my writing and my work. Like, I wish I had like the patience to sit in a quiet room and like write by hand. Like, I I think it would make my writing better. And so I think, like, I'm jealous of people who, you know, are writing, like, quote, unquote, extremely literary novels that I think are able to do that. Like, I'm less jealous of, like, the things they have. Like, I don't know if their books sell better than mine or, like, if they live in a nicer house. Like, I don't care. That's not, like, what I'm jealous of. I'm, like, I am jealous because, I, in my mind, they have a discipline and a patience that I don't have. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. So Dana, I feel like Nick Jonas has helped us clarify kind of what kind of jealousy this is about, right? That sense of not necessarily wanting the things that other successful people have, but it's like the characteristics of who they are. And so there's something about the type of jealousy that I feel is really clear to me. But I'm I'm curious for your second text, because there's something about wanting to be 
someone else that I think this second text explains better than anything else. So can, can you introduce it to us and why you chose it? Yeah, I definitely think it's like, you know, I was a little tongue in cheek with Nick Jonas, but I think like this is the text about career jealousy. It's the film Amadeus, which is a, a great movie if the listeners haven't seen it. And it's a, it's a lightly fictionalized account of the composer Salieri and his relationship with Mozart. And Mozart was just an undeniable prodigy. Someone whose music, talent, and ability felt like it was just inherently gifted to him. And Salieri is someone who, like, works hard and struggles and can appreciate Mm. the beautiful gift that Mozart has been given, but can't have it for himself. And and we should say that Salieri is an established, you know, he's the leading composer at the court. Like, yeah. he is extremely successful in his own right. And and Mozart is this kind of annoying, frankly, kind of childlike. I mean, at, at some point, Salieri describes hearing Mozart's music for the first time in the movie and says, this wasn't the music of a performing monkey. This was a music I had never heard, filled with such longing, such unfulfillable longing, it seemed to me I was hearing the voice of God. That there's something here, which I'm hearing in your story of like, that person just has something that I don't. Like they are someone that I'm not. And I wish I was that person. Yeah, I think that's to me the most, one of the most interesting things about the movie Amadeus is like you mentioned, like Salieri is like successful and established and has the trappings of career success that anyone would want at that point and should be satisfied. But instead he is tortured because he doesn't have this beautiful other thing about the work itself. He's not jealous of Mozart for a specific career thing. He's jealous of his inherent ability. Yeah. Which is different than what you're jealous of, right? Yours comes from more of a sense of what sounds to me, I'm sorry if I'm overstepping, but like insecurity or a tiny bit of self-loathing not just like looking at someone else and being like, man, I wish I was smart like her. Or is it both? I do think it it is sort of similar to the Salieri feeling of like, there is nothing more like material or tangible that I do want. It's just sort of an ineffable quality that some people seem to possess that they're like, yeah. you know, brilliant writers or, you know, have this ability to be disciplined in a certain way. Yeah, it's like he's looking at Mozart and he's like, you can do something that I can't. And I'm like the freaking best in the business, but I still, I still can't do that. So my question is, what does Salieri do about it? And is that a model for you? <laughs> and if not, what's the alternative? I hope it's not a model for you, Dana, but tell us what Salieri does about it. Uh, Salieri, to recount the end of the film, Salieri disguises himself as an anonymous patron in all black who may or may not be the ghost of Mozart's father and commissions Mozart to write a funeral dirge with the intention of torturing him to death. And he succeeds. Yeah. So, uh, no, I don't (laughs) think I'm jealous, so jealous of someone that I will try to orchestrate an elaborate murder. But, like, I guess that is a way to solve the problem. I mean, he's not he's not wrong that it solves the problem. I, but it sounds like you're jealous of a few people, right? So it would have to be multiple murders. I would have to become a mass murderer. I would yeah. have to go to, like, you know, the Brooklyn Book Fair with, like, a, a hatchet. It would be really messy. Well, and then you'd probably have less time to write. 
I'm not sure this is the right solution for you, Dana. But it also isn't the right solution for Salieri. Like it doesn't right. it doesn't solve his jealousy. Here he is sitting at the end of his life recounting this still overwhelming feeling of like how he feels inadequate next to Mozart. I, I guess what I'm really interested in is like other people have skills that we don't. And one response to that is be like, I'm going to get them. You've tried that and it hasn't worked. <laughs> like you're you're who you Although are. Although I will say, I will say if I went to prison for m- multiple murders, I would probably have, have not be able to, to be on Twitter all day. I would have time to, to write. <laughs> what I want to ask is like, what's a different way that you can look to those people? Not minimizing their skills, not trying to make yours better, but like how could Salieri have looked at, at Mozart that wasn't destructive? I mean, the two things, I think he could have enjoyed the gift of his music. I think Salieri is someone who loved and appreciated beautiful music. And I think he he could have just gotten pleasure out of that. Like if Mozart had a gift, it was a gift for everyone. Music is an inherently um, Mm. external, you know, it's something that it's not a, it's not an inward gift. It's an outward gift that Mozart shared. So he could have, you know, enjoyed that. And then I think he could have just been less hard on himself and just done his, done his best and maybe learned from Mozart to be a little bit better. But, you know, I don't know. I don't know. Sometimes I'm like, oh, well, maybe Salieri just hit the limit of being a composer. Yeah. And if he did, then what? I guess fine. Like he would have lived like a happier life, right? If he just accepted like this is how good of a composer I am. And maybe I'll never become like famous, but I can live a good life and enjoy Mozart. But he... He never then would have been, all he wanted was to be great and famous, and he d- well, wouldn't get that. I'm someone who has a mixed feeling about the word acceptance, so I'm wondering how you feel about the word acceptance. Mm-hmm. I mean, in theory, it's fine. It's not a word that I'm I'm great at in practice, and I also think it's sort of like inherently comes from like a place of resignation, where yeah. it's like, what, is it giving up? Mm. Right. Dana, just going back to your question, was the binary option before strive and like beat those people at their own game and develop the discipline that they have or just give up completely? Was it like it was it's either this or that? I think it's like it's a twofold answer. Like my current response is self-loathe for not accomplishing. Oh, yeah. See, this is the problem. It's not. I'm, it's never about a final goal because I can accomplish goals. I just tell myself like, oh, you cheated to get there. You just, you slipped through. It's the imposter syndrome. So yeah. be self-loathe for not having the discipline to like get reach my goals the quote unquote right way. And then also just try to push those people out of my mind and like, you know, mute them on Twitter. Just be like, oh, I can't think of that. It just makes me feel bad. So like, just shove it down. Yeah. Where, you know, maybe a more healthy thing would be to rather than just self-loathing for not having all of these habits, these like all or nothing, like wake up at six in the morning, like actually think like, oh, well, maybe I could like, you know, spend less time on Twitter and like have these certain elements of discipline that I actually, that are actually attainable Mm. rather than just going all or nothing in a way that like I'll never achieve. And then like, you know, the same way Salieri could have just enjoyed Mozart's compositions, like read and enjoy wonderful books. What a, what a gift. Yeah. 
these are the words of a healthier person that I don't know if I can do, but like in theory, that sounds nice, doesn't it? Well, what I believe you can do is accomplish, like I'm a huge fan of a super low bar, like a bar that you might not notice you had to step over. And like, I think you could do that, right? Like, I think you can not be on Twitter from 11 to 12 one day a week and then like notice that it's past 12 and you're still not on Twitter, right? And celebrate those moments rather than berate yourself for the moments that you quote unquote fail at that. But the other thing that's just, I just want to say this one more time. Like, what if this is you at your best? What if this is it? What if this is who you are and your cats love you and your parents love you and your sisters love you and your partner loves you? And I know all of this because of TikTok. What if this is it? I I would be unhappy with myself. Really? <laughs> I'm like, I feel lazy. I feel mediocre. Mm. I just feel, I don't know, just like I'm not a good person. <laughs> wow. I'm really hard on myself. I'm learning and hearing it. Yeah. It is so hard also to like recognize that internal monologues. So I just want to like massively affirm that feeling. But the thing that I love about what you're saying, Vanessa, of like, what's the low bar? I wonder if it's yeah. less about, and I'm curious what you would say, if it's less about like behavior changing, because I'm also on the train of like, we are who we are. And it's more about changing, like nudging the goal. I really loved what you were saying about consigliere enjoy Mozart's music, because we're so trained that everything has to be about our achievement and our success. And I'm curious, when you open the book of maybe someone who you feel that sense of jealousy towards, or like you read the tweet or the announcement about some accomplishment, or you see the Instagram post, like what happens in that moment where you you are face to face with the very like material reality of someone else's success? I mean, the wild thing is I really do often enjoy those books. When I like bring myself to finally like read a book of someone that I'm really jealous of, like it's a great book. Yeah. And I enjoy, I genuinely enjoy it. Yeah. Isn't that wild? I mean, so the problem isn't the book, right? It's the moment where you said, well, if I stay who I am, I'm going to hate myself. Yeah. So to me, the yeah. two options are either learning how to love yourself as you are or change the one or two things that feel really possible to change that can be a version of you that you are at peace with. I mean, that's really what it is, right? It's like, it's not about them. It never is about them. It's about, you know, like Nick Jonas. It's not that she's too sexy, beautiful. <laughs> it's that you are threatened. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it really is. It's, it's more about me being insecure in my certain abilities or lack of abilities. Yeah. And that insecurity prevents me from like enjoying things I might otherwise really enjoy. Yeah. So to me, it's like, what is the one thing that maybe is in your reach that you can do that could mm. be the tripwire that would make you be like, no, I do it, right? Like I write every day from 11 to 12, Twitter off everything, and I do it no matter what. I honestly think that would be it. If there's like, if I have a designated period where I just like work, write every day with no social media and nothing else, I think I would feel really proud of myself mm. because I'm someone who like is easily distracted and like needs constant simulation. And I think I've like 
ruined my brain with too much internet. Well, you haven't ruined your brain, right? Like the the internet companies seeing you as the product have intentionally yeah. infiltrated your life, right? Like you didn't do that. But yeah. I wonder if that's the thing, right? Like if that is the, it's not a small goal, but like one hour a day, phone on the other side of the room, everything else off. And then at the end of that hour, you're like, guess what I get to do? I get to feel great about myself the rest of the day. And like, it's your goal to do that four days a week. And like, you get to feel great if you do that. That's a great goal and actually feels kind of doable, right? Oh God, what have you fixed me? (laughs) I think you fixed me. I think I'm done. (laughs) (laughs) I just want, I first of all, want you to see how truly wonderful you are and how true, how, how much you accomplish, how much you accomplish and how generous you are as you accomplish things and how kind and inspirational you are as you are. And so we just need signifiers for that, like part of your brain to light up in yourself, to be like, look, I did the thing and be training yourself to see what other people I think see very clearly. Yeah. Thank you. I mean, that is a, a wonderful, wonderful thing you said, and I, I fully appreciate it. My, I mean, my final thought is also, Dana, that, like, this is such an age-appropriate feeling. Like, <laughs> I, I, I feel sorry for Salieri because for him, this comes so much later in his life, and it's completely bewildering because he's always been the best. Like, he's always been at the top of his game, and he has this, like, young genius who just totally disrupts everything. And I think in our, you know, our twenties, our early thirties, like we're in that mode of like trying to build and grow and achieve. And I think it's very natural for that to not to mellow, but to gain perspective as we age. Like that's what older friends keep telling me. So I'm just like holding on to that promise that, 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 that it's true. But I, I really feel like I turned 35 last year and it's, it's not, that I have stopped this feeling, but it's that I can imagine that it's going to be less important as I age. And so the other thing is just to remember, like, this is not forever. And this feeling as powerful as it is, like, thank God we're not Salieri at the end of his life, just regretting, like, you know, killing the greatest composer of all time in the fictional account as written by Peter Schaefer. <laughs> I think everyone knows that Salieri was not responsible for Mozart's death, but wouldn't it have been narratively interesting if he was? <laughs> and I, right, like I'm turning 40 in a few months. And the thing I really resonate, Dana, with what you say is just like how hard I can be on myself after a day that really by so many measures was quite productive. Mm. And just feeling like, God, if I had the willpower... It could have been great. I could have gotten everything done that needed to be done. But I gave up too soon. I took the nap. I walked the dog more one more time than she needed. You know, whatever it is. I mean, that sounds nice. Dogs need walks. And TV needs watching and snuggling needs happening. And everything that you do needs happening. I just think that at the end of my life, I'm not going to be on my bed being like, do you know what I'm glad I did? get really hard on myself about dumb shit. Yeah. And just these like stories that we torture ourselves with any little thing we can do to like jump over them or like kiss them goodbye and send them on their way. That thought that also like, I think that version of myself that's like perfect, like 
there is no perfect. Perfect doesn't exist. There's no actual ideal way to structure a day. There's no answer at the back of the book. So Dana, at the beginning of our conversation, you said something along the lines of like, I just want to be proud of myself. And then at the end of it, what I'm hearing you say is if I wrote one hour a day with my phone in the other side of the room turned off and just did nothing but write for that hour, it would make a real change in how I thought about myself and I could be proud of myself. Does that feel true? Or I mean, I guess even just like worth experimenting with. So this is real. Like, I do think sometimes I use jealousy as a way to keep myself from doing those things. Like, instead of actually, like, turning my phone off and writing for an hour, I just scroll on Twitter resentfully for an hour. And so I really do think it would be a step in the right direction to do a small achievable task in the direction I want to go. Mm. Because I don't think, like, writing for an hour without Twitter, for me, a professional writer, is— some like crazy unhealthy like gotta lose 50 pounds like gotta have be perfect like goal like I think like sometimes I'm using jealousy as a way to avoid doing essential and necessary work that seems a little hard Mm. Mm. Dana is there anything else you would want to say as you think about this question of what do you do with that kind of professional jealousy when it flares its head No, I mean, I think this has been really wonderful. I apologize for turning it into like a real therapy session, but I think like you two are so wonderful to talk to. And this has been really fun. (laughs) I honestly, I will always say that whenever we have a question shared on this podcast, it ends up being so helpful to me and so many listeners as well, because it's like, this is just stuff we all have to navigate. And it shows up differently in different ways, but I hope it's useful for you. It's been a gift for us as well. So thank you very, very much, Dana. I am also going to try to write for one hour each day without distractions. So an inspiration. I love that. Or what if we even have the no internet hour where you can read, you can write. Yeah. That way, if you're like, you know, just one hour a day. Yeah. No internet hour. I love that. Mozart would approve. Salieri would approve. And he's the one we're scared of because he'll murder us. (laughs) Mozart didn't have internet. And look what he did. Exactly. Dana, thank you so much. And please, everyone, check out Anatomy, A Love Story. If for no other reason that it has actually the best book cover that I have ever seen. It's so pretty. I love it. It's so freaking pretty. And then after literally looking at it for minutes on end, then I realized there's a second image in the same image. It was incredible. Anatomy, A Love Story. Dana Schwartz. And Dana, the book itself is incredible. And I am just, I'm very grateful that you wrote it and very grateful that you came on our podcast. And I'm very excited to meet and travel together for a week. Nice to meet you. Let's go on vacation. I am so excited. (laughs) I have been reading multiple Mary Shelley texts just to like get my brain in. In I'm so excited. I think it's going to be a really, really fun, fun trip. I do too. Thank you so much for having me. This was truly a delight. Well, Vanessa, that was our show with the fabulous Dana Schwartz. I want to share with you a little maxim from Marnie in Melbourne, Australia, who shares a jack of all trades is a master of none, though oftentimes better than a master of one. And I feel like with Dana's incredible wide variety of skills, this might be one that is appropriate for all of us as we think about that. That theme of professional jealousy. 
friends, you've been listening to The Real Question. Please check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash realquestionpod. Thank you to all of our patrons. We are so, so grateful. And if you love the show, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can also follow us on Instagram and Facebook at realquestionpod and on Twitter at therealqpod. Shout out to our BFF tier patrons, Amanda Schramm, Aoife Howe, Ashley Mail, Eloise Faring, Mary Margaret, Stephanie Fedowish, Kristen Hall, Becky Boo, and Ari. We are a Not Sorry production. Our executive producer is the great and good Ariana Nettleman, the only person in my life with that title. We are mixed by Erica Wong, and our music is by Nick Bull. We're distributed by Acast. A big, big thank you to Dana Schwartz this week for participating in the episode and also for her fantastic book, Anatomy, A Love Story. To Julia Argy, Nikki Zoltan, Laura Glass, AJ Uramas, Gabby Iori, and Stephanie Paulsell. Thanks, everyone, and we'll talk to you in two weeks, unless you're a patron, in which case we'll talk to you next week. Whoop, whoop. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.